Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Fantasy Baseball today, I am Chris Welsh, Adam Azer, Scott White. We're in the house, and the dark night rises. Yes, Matt Harvey signing in Oakland, just like the end of the Batman series. Who cares? Gentlemen, how are you? today have you both seen the entire christopher nolan batman series of course yeah oh okay. yeah well i just have to gauge i don't fully know the pop culture like where it all reaches on this show i throw out That's something fair. that i think is a gimme sure and it's a complete flop so i just no, i am sure. i celebrate christopher nolan's entire catalog he is <laughs> yeah he's 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 the mike what, what were those guys on office space what were their names they both had the same name michael bolton no, no, the uh, the consultants. That's how they felt about Michael. Oh, Bolton. Bob and Bob. Yeah, Bob Bob. And Bob. yeah, the Bobs. He, he, the Christopher Nolan is the Michael Bolton for me. Uh, <laughs> I like Bob. it. Well, you're Scott White. I'm the Chris here. You're the Scott, uh, and I'll get to play the Christopher Nolan. Hey guys, Fernando Tatis Jr. He's going to be placed on the 10 day IL on Thursday. We thought we were going to get away. I kind of thought we were going to get away. Okay. But now he's going to go on the 10-day IL with uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Replacements, what do we think? Luis Urias, the guy who's probably going to replace him in option, or are we going deeper? Oh, yeah. No, there are two Luises. Luis Urias, who you mentioned, who is hitting very well. Uh, well, he's, he's walking a lot and showing some good signs after really an abysmal start to his major league career. But Luis Urias, 35% owned. And is, he, is he even shortstop eligible right now, Scott? I don't believe so. Okay. I don't believe so. So, you know, maybe as a middle infield option. Um, though, that might be, like, the, the thing is we, t- we keep talking about how much depth there is at shortstop, especially, and we keep having to turn away these good hitters. Um, but it it's funny, like, between 75% owned in CBS leagues and... 50% owned. There's three players. <laughs> Ahmed Rosario, David Fletcher, and Jerickson Profar. Profar is obviously not going to cut it. Um, as Drupal Cabrera's been hot since joining the Nationals, he's been their primary second baseman, so he might not be such a bad choice. I didn't get to say my other Luis, though, Scott. Oh, your other Luis. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Luis but... Arias of the Minnesota Twins, uh, particularly in a points league, he entered today. I don't think he started today. Luis Arias has 23 walks to 14 strikeouts. Mm. Uh, not hitting a ton, only two homers in 180 at-bats. But he's been pretty good lately. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think these are lower-end guys for sure. Uh, I think Josh Van Meter's still pretty interesting at 26%. You just got to check their lefties on the on the yep. schedule. Yeah, playing the matchups with him. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like so, it. Is there one guy, Scott? For me, it's... Uh, not anybody I'm in love with. Rosario. I mean, I think Nick Ahmed's kind of underrated. I think Eric Sogard's good when he plays, but that's only like two-thirds of the time. Um, I I think a lot of people are in a situation where they have two good shortstops because of the depth at that position, and they could probably just go that route and you know find some other generic hitter to fill in. Hopefully that's the case. Gentlemen, I was informed that on Thursdays we do not do 
a uh, worryometer. Mm-hmm. That is not what we do. We do a thuryometer. That's right. When you're worried That's on Thursday, tough. you're thurried. We are going to thurry it real quick because a couple pitchers, they got lit up. Trevor Bauer being one of them. Lit up for nine runs in four and one-third inning. Bauer's one and one with a 7-3-7 ERA and three starts for his brand-new Reds team. His season ERA has now climbed over four. It's at 4-1-3 for the first time all year. Cole Hamels also lit up for eight earned runs in two innings. He had two walks and two strikeouts. Steven Strasburg not necessarily lit up. Five and two-thirds, seven hits, walk three, struck out four, but gave up four earned runs. Thoreometer on Trevor Bauer. Let's start with you, Mr. Azer. Hmm. Whew. Seven. Seven thoreometer on Look, man, like, how long? How long before I'm just going to be like, yeah, he's not going to be the pitcher I want him to be? Just said for the first time all year, his ERA is over four. So what? I, I want him to be ERA around three. I feel like we've been thurring about him all year for because no good reason. He, no, there's very good reason. He has a 125 whip. He can't throw strikes. He's all over the place. He walks too many <laughs> batters, and he gives up too many home runs. I, I mean, I pretty yeah. much come to accept now that Trevor Bauer is not going to be the guy that I want him to be. You got to lower your standards. It's 2019. Not How for many Bauer. Times have we talked about not this? for a like, guy that I took. Not for a guy that I took with hopes that he'd win the Cy Young. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been. He's been bad. He's not a top 20 pitcher anymore. Uh, Easily well, he, not a top yeah. 20. What? He, 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 he entered the game 16th in points, 18th in Roto. I can not almost easily. He's probably just dropped a little outside of that. I can almost guarantee you that by the next time he makes his turn, five days from now, he won't be a top 20 pitcher. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. the number, Scott? Like, I don't know. Two? I, I, not high. I mean, his last start was just one or run in three hit seven three hit innings with 11 strikeouts yeah yeah the one before that wasn't good and i i'll admit my on the frustration meter it's probably about a 10 but like am i actually worried no okay well you both are incorrect with your seven and two for trevor bauer it's a 6.9 that would be the only correct answer on the thoreometer for mr <laughs> yeah. trevor bauer that's Just, true you know, we're doing it right here Favorite. cole hamels cole hamels scott white uh thoreometer for Cole, 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 Cole Hamels. Uh, I will say a five for Cole Hamels. Um, Better ERA than Bauer, by the way. Yeah. Not as good, the skill indicators. But they've been pretty good. I mean, they've been two really bad starts in a row um, is the only reason it's a five as opposed to like a two or a three. I mean, he's given up 17 hits in uh, like five innings his last two starts. That's a problem. Um, but I mean, there's other than the just the result. I don't feel like I have a lot to react to, and you know, results as we've seen are not reliable, especially in the year of the offensive explosion like we've seen this year. Triple A analyst Adam Azer, what do you think? Hmm. Triple A analyst. What is oh Adam Azer analyst? Analyst Adam Azer. Triple yeah, A. That's actually sounds like such an insult. Uh, I I would like Triple <laughs> <laughs> A analyst. I would like to see the velocity. I think it might be down a little bit for Cole Hamels. Maybe Scott can uh, check on that. Uh, I was watching a little bit of his start, and he was more like ninety ninety one. It seemed where he should be more like ninety one ninety two. So I don't know. He's coming off the IL. He, his first start off the IL was good. His second two now have been, or his second and third have been bad. 
Yeah, I'd say a five on Hamels, I guess. But I, I mostly trust in the rebound. There have been times, too many times we've counted him out, and he's been able to rebound. Uh, the Steven Strasburg one's a little odd. He's just a little bit of an oddity. Adam, I mean, is there enough? Is there enough for him to be a bigger worry than Cole Hamels? Are you more worried about Strasburg, no. even though it's been, I don't know, it's been a solid season? No, I'm not worried. I just think it's a little interesting that his, that his ER. Oh my gosh, Seth Lugo just destroyed my ratios as this game is in progress. He's given up five earned runs in a third of an inning. Uh, Scott must be happy. It's a Braves game. No, I'm not worried about Strasburg. I just think it's interesting how he's had such a good year, and yet he has like a 380 or something ERA. Q Scott saying you have to adjust your standards. ERAs are higher. I get it. Yeah. Uh, he's okay, very- every Other than Justin Verlander, there has been a stretch where he, we have worried about every single pitcher. Wait, because he's Scott. flirted with a 4 ERA at some point. Yeah, but you're forgetting we did worry about Justin Verlander. He had that home run stretch, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was never enough to like – really mess up his season line. I, I wasn't that worried. Was anybody no, really that worried? No, 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 no. I don't think so. Did we give numbers? Do we have any numbers? Uh, zero Scott? for Strasburg. Uh, yeah. Zero's fine with me. I, I tend not to worry about these things. Let me throw it to you guys as far as standouts. Scott White, do you have any standouts uh, that you would like to point out before we move forward from this beautiful Wednesday night slate of games? Well, while I stall to pick out a name, I will point out that Cole Hamill's Velocity was down a little in this start, his third start back from the IL. And uh, looking at the previous start, uh, it, it kind of, there wasn't an issue last time out, really just this start. I'm not sure that really means anything. Stand I want to give you credit, though. That was a professional uh, stall job, though. That was very professional. I well, that. other than the fact that I announced it was happening, <laughs> that wasn't great. Um, Transparency. Yeah, so uh, standout. Um, I am going to say Homer Bailey stood out with seven two-hit innings, seven strikeouts. That's four of six quality starts now with the A's, which, you know, maybe maybe it has to do with their home venue as much as anything, but they've kind of had a tendency to um, take these kind of, like, nothing veterans and and turn them into something halfway useful over the past uh, several years, it seems like. I'm not sure that's really going on here. The two non-quality starts Homer Bailey's had with them, 16 earned runs and six and two-thirds innings, so it's very, very hit or miss. And given his recent track record, uh, you know, the misses stand out more than the hits. But it was a good start. Uh, Mr. Adam Azer, I know you have a standout, possibly two, but who are we brought to by today? Oh, we have two sponsors today. We have SeatGeek. And I've been all over the SeatGeek app looking for football tickets. I keep mentioning that, but it is true. Promo code's FANTASY, 10 bucks off your first purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and use the code FANTASY. We also have ZipRecruiter. If you're looking to do some hiring, you need someone for a job at your company, wherever you are, um, use ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. You can try it for free. They'll go out and basically find great candidates for you. They'll sort through all the resumes. They'll do all the work for you. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. You're going to hear about those two later on what about standouts for you yeah so kyle gibson is not a huge standout he gave up three runs three walks three strikeouts but you might be sitting there going what do i do with kyle gibson 428 era now his previous start was terrible this start was at milwaukee his previous start was against cleveland and what i've more or less realized about kyle gibson is i think he's pretty much a matchups guy and He's got two awesome matchups next week with the White Sox and the Tigers. 
you, maybe the White Sox get Moncada back. Eloy, maybe he's heating up a little bit. I don't know. But if you're wondering what you do with Kyle Gibson, do you drop him? Do you sit him? He's got two starts next week, and you're starting him. I just think down the stretch, if he faces the Indians again, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to face the Yankees or the Red Sox again. But just keep an eye on like really tough matchups. You might want to sit Gibson. Otherwise, you start him. Some big notable stuff going on. Clayton Kershaw dominated against the Marlins on uh, Wednesday night. Seven innings, two hits, ten strikeouts. Vintage Clayton Kershaw. Were either one of you? I was a big Kershaw guy coming into this year. Always been a defender of. You know, his stuff was, even though the velocity and whatnot was going down, his stuff has always been dominant when he was out there. It was just injuries that was holding him back. I was a big uh, Clayton Kershaw pusher this year. Were either of you in on Clayton Kershaw for this season? I was actually pushing pretty hard as, for him as a as a bust, calling him a bust. Um, and I was kind of trying to reconfigure my approach to the bust where, you know, I was I was trying to highlight guys who were really at risk of bottoming out as opposed to just kind of underachieving. And I thought Kershaw was a good candidate for that. But I ended up with a pretty good number of shares in him just because he got hurt and his value, his draft stock plummeted to a point where it's like, all right, I'll, seventh round, I'll take a chance on Clayton Kershaw being good again when he comes back. So it's it's kind of, you know, even like I don't deserve uh, the success I've had with Clayton Kershaw, but nonetheless, I've, I've reaped the benefits. But you get it. Adam, were you a Clayton Kershaw guy? No, not really. I, and okay, even no, when I had funny. him, well, when I had him in one in one league and, and he started off good, he's gone six innings in every start this year. That's incredible. And he's just gotten better as the year has gone on. I've, I had been sort of a sell-high on Clayton Kershaw guy. He's given up too many home runs. His velocity isn't good enough. Yeah, it's just I've been wrong about him. Lately, I've been right about him because I stopped worrying. <laughs> I just accepted <laughs> the fact that he's awesome. Uh, this was a this was a terrific start. Uh, Max Scherzer is ready to return, but is going to have a pitch count initially, which I think that's actually what I was hoping is they weren't going to send him out on any rehab stints and just give him put him on a pitch count to start early. Aaron Boone said not yet when asked when uh, New York Yankees would limit Domingo Herman's innings. Shamanaya struck out ten in a rehab start. That's positive. This one's a brutal blow. I know we want to focus on the season still at hand, but Jamison Tyon is going to have Tommy John surgery. He's going to miss all of next year, probably going to have some serious limits into 2021. You might not see a right Jamison Tyon until 2022, which is devastating for any uh, keeper league players. I mean, at this point, you know, are you willing to even sit on two years of Jamison Tyon, even though we like his stuff? Scott, is he still even a long-term keeper option if you're in a deep keeper and you're you you know you're keeping a majority of the players. Are you going to hold on right. for two more years? Yeah, I mean, in that setup, and, and you know, a lot of times we get just the general, I'm in a keeper league, should I keep this guy? And it's like, well, <laughs> I mean, it depends. Does everybody keep five players in your league or does everybody keep 15, you know? And, and yeah, in a scenario where there's little roster turnover, he has the potential to be high in starting pitcher and those guys are hard to find and you don't, I mean, part of the part of the uh, deal of playing in a dynasty league is that you're supposed to behave more like a big league club would. And, you know, the Pirates aren't letting Tyone go because of this injury. They're waiting a year and then getting him back. And you should do the same. Blake Snell's going to play catch on Wednesday, maybe an early September return for people getting excited about that. Jeff McNeil's going on the I.O. with a left hamstring injury for the second time this season. That one's pretty brutal. I've got this one for you guys. I'm just immensely infatuated right now. Rafael Devers is 
hot. Six for six on Tuesday. He actually had eight straight hits going between Tuesday and Wednesday. Five-game hitting streak. Four of the last five have been multi-hits. Now, I preface one last time. I know we want to really hit the rest of uh, 2019, but I just had to ask you guys this one. For 2020, Rafael Devers, who has a 325 average, He's got 24 homers, 97 runs, 93 RBIs, and eight stolen bases, by the way, versus Javier Baez. 288 average, 82 runs, 81 RBIs, 28 homers, and 10 stolen bases. Adam, how about I kick it to you real mm-hmm. quick? Devers or Baez? Who I do you, who do you will take? take Devers in a points league, and I will take Baez in a roto league. Baez has pretty much backed it up. He had a slump at some point this year where he was playing hurt, but he's having a really good year again. Devers is amazing. I don't know if he's this good. Uh, so I will just say the plate discipline will come into play, and I will cop out and go <laughs> Devers in a points league, Baez and Roto. I'm actually uh, I'm going to take Devers in both. I feel like the gap in expected batting average, I'm not talking about the official stat, XBA. I'm talking about what I expect from them in batting average. Um, the gap is bigger there now than the gap in expected power production. And, uh, yeah, and advantage Devers. Alex Spear had an interesting tweet, by the way. He said, Rafael Devers just homered because he did homer in this. He said, this is ridiculous. He's on pace for 94 extra base hits. Only one player has ever had more in his age 22 season. Joe DiMaggio in 1937. He had 96. That is quite a stat there. But that's not the only stat. Mr. Adam Azer, you had a stat of the day. Oh, the stat of the day. Yeah, this is great. This is from the Associated Press. Um, When Sean Reed Foley threw to Rangers infielder Isaiah Kiner-Falefa in the second, it marked the first time in baseball history that a pitcher with a hyphenated surname had faced a batter with a hyphenated surname. Ha-ha. How cool. That is... That's a pretty fun one. I'm surprised by that. I've always wondered, like, what happens when... When the the hyphenated names marry and and then they have a kid and they want to continue the the tradition of hyphenating the names and then we get these these four hyphenated names that are four names long. So what if they got married? What if Sean Reed Foley and Isaiah kind of got married? What would their last name be? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, I, don't know. I mean, how do you even order organize that? I think do you, you just go, pick your favorite two names and hyphenate those names. I think you go know. Reed Kiner Falefa Foley. I think you'd, you'd sandwich, you know, one of the names, one of the hyphenated last name. You know, earlier this year we had John Gray versus Sonny Gray, and it was like the first time in years, like like decades or something, that we had two colors spelled the same way, something crazy like that. So I, I do love, love this kind of stuff. Let me go back to the news and notes real quick. I just want to update on Sean Mania because he did strike out 10 in a rehab start. I think he's making one more rehab start, and then he will rejoin the A's. And I thought I did think it was interesting that, Aaron Boone is not committing to shutting down Domingo Armand yet, so hopefully you can ride him out through your fantasy postseason. I don't know what they're going to do, but he's just he's their best pitcher. They they cannot afford to shut him down right now. Also interesting if the A's were to bring back Sean Manaya before Jesus Lazardo got his opportunity to come up. I I wouldn't have guessed that if uh, I was pinned down. Yeah, uh, quote of the day: the game was televised exclusively on YouTube. Quote, I understand, Council said. If you have kids, they don't watch TV. They watch YouTube. It makes sense. Dinosaurs watch TV. That was Craig Council on the Minnesota-Milwaukee game being only on YouTube. And that, gentlemen, is a fact. 
because I don't know if my child knows how to change the channel, but he <laughs> absolutely knows how to subscribe and hit that ding, as all the uh, YouTubers will tell you on YouTube. Hit that ding? Is that... Yeah, hit the ding. They're like, yeah, subscribe and hit the ding so you get notified. Hit the notifications. It's a hip oh, thing, I'm, Scott. I'm a dinosaur. How old is your... How old is... He? You have two kids? I, one does not do that, but one is a seven years old. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and we're on the, uh, what is it, like the Sharer family and the Ch uh, Chad Wild Clay, for anybody that knows any of those people <laughs> and is now judging me, potentially, which you shouldn't. I shouldn't know these things. I brought up Paw Patrol, and now I'm bringing up Children's YouTube. God help me, please. Let's go to break real quick. Let's see what we got. We'll come back. We've got double dongs, more stuff in progress, news and notes, and a bunch of your emails. So let's hit that break. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Fringy starting pitchers. Let's uh, let's get a group and see where we're at. Jay Happ, 78% owned. He was five innings, struck out six against Baltimore. We've got Chris Archer, 78% owned. That's still actually a shocking number to me for whatever reason. Struck out 10 uh, against the Angels. We've got Cal Quantrill, 44% owned. He had a pretty good start, five and one third, walked one, struck out four. Homer Bailey, three quality starts in his last five, but, you know, he can get bad. And uh, Kobe Allard, Kobe Allard went five and two thirds, struck out five against Toronto. So fringy starting pitchers. Scott White, what do you think? Where is your fringiness going? Look, I know people are tired of me defending Chris Archer, but coming off what was maybe his best two start stretch of the season, he then had a 10 strikeout performance. I understand it wasn't a great start, but there were, he did something. He, he was able to redeem something with that not so great start. And since he... He seems to be getting better results overall since tweaking his arsenal, kind of going back to just emphasizing the four-seamer and the slider. This was his, 13, uh, sorry, his third straight start with 15 swinging strikes. He only had three of those all season prior. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the 78% ownership's justified. I'm not saying he's a stud again, but he's, he's perfectly fine. He's the best of these choices, I think, pretty clearly. Yeah, well... Archer, 78% owned. He has two starts next week, Washington and Cincinnati at home. Washington is just bludgeoning people. They have a really good lineup. So I'm, I'm nervous, but I will say this. There is no reason why J-Hap should be 78% owned. Yeah. I mean, that he, is, he ha is and has been one of the most overrated players in fantasy for months now. So I, I definitely prefer Archer. But then, Scott, you look at Cal Quantrill who has been great since the All-Star break. He has like a one-something ERA in five starts, six appearances since the All-Star break. You talked about Homer Bailey. Allard didn't really do enough, I don't think. But Dylan Peters, another you know very good performance for him. But unfortunately, he's at Texas and at Houston next week. Yeah, you know, that's you the one I really, I really don't know what to make of Dylan Peters because it's been three – I'm not sure if all of them were technically starts or if it was there was a bulk – relief appearance in there but 
Um, three really good outings in a row. And that's pretty much across the board really good. A solid strikeout rate, getting some swinging strikes, like not just, you know, having good luck on batted balls, but they look like he genuinely pitched well. He had a 650 ERA, AAA, granted PCL, granted juice ball, all of that, but still 650 ERA. He's never really been a standout pitcher in the minor leagues, had some low ERAs at some times, but at, at some points, but not really, you know, not impressive stat lines overall. You got to adjust your standards. A 650 ERA is great, Scott. In the PCL, it's great. You guys said, uh, Adam, you said uh, Hap should not be owned. Would you drop Hap for uh, for Quantrill? I swear I would drop Jay Hap for just about. No, this is an overreaction. I would drop him for Cal Quantrill, though. Yeah, Cal Quantrill's. Well, the strikeouts aren't really there for Quantrill, but they're not there for Hap either. Uh, Quantrill's just better, I would say. I would do that, but I would I would rather have Peters than. I would I say of all the guys we talked about, I would go Archer one. Probably Peters too. Scott, agree on that? I mean, the, I don't. I can't really endorse Peters because, other apart from these three starts, I don't feel like there's anything to endorse. But that's kind of he, he probably would be second on my list too, just because um, there's not even that for the, these other pitchers. I mean, Quantrill's been okay, I guess, but not in a way that's especially believable. What about Brad so, Keller? Yeah, I, I'd take a chance on Peters over him. What about Brad oh, Keller at, at Baltimore and at Cleveland next yeah. week? Yeah, Brad Keller. Uh, Brad Keller's pretty close to Archer for me. Um, great ground ball pitcher. And the walk issues he was having early in the year have gone away. Pitches deep into games consistently. He's pretty good, I think, Brad Keller. Not great, but pretty good. Okay. You got some uh, double dongs on Wednesday. Bryce Harper hit uh, his 23rd and 24th. You've got Yuli Gurriel. By the way, I was looking. Yuli Gurriel, seeing that 99% owned is, uh, I love seeing that. It just, it actually wasn't something I was expecting when I went to go take a look, just for whatever reason. You see his start uh, percentage? The What's that? Start percentage? You see Yuli's start percentage? Was it like, was it 91%? I think it's like 96. He's basically owned and started everywhere. I, I don't know why that came as like a shock. He's been phenomenal, but what, for whatever reason, it was just stunning when I was looking at that, especially comparative to some of these others. Another thing I like about when you look at the player pages on CBS uh, but uh, Yuli Gurriel hit his 24th and 25th. He had a 314 average coming into the night, and it was his second double dong of the month, by the way. Uh, Matt Chapman hit his 26th and 27th. He's on a five-game hitting streak, but he was hitless the five games before that. And uh, Edwin Rios, prospect Edwin Rios with the Dodgers, they just churn out these mediocre guys that can hit homers. That's at least my opinion. <laughs> hit two bombs on there. What do you guys got, Scott? You got any uh, any opinions? Matt Chapman maybe on the turnaround. Yuli Gurriel is an absolute beast. Maybe Edwin Rios. Maybe he's turning around and someone you want to own. Well, I just I'm not sure the playing time's going to be there for Rios. He's he's been up. Uh, he's been up at times this year and made very few starts. And uh, obviously, obviously the Dodgers have a lot of different pieces they can move there I, I just don't know that there's an opportunity for him and i'm not sure there's much skills beyond he'll hit some home runs uh to justify it i do want to mention since i took the time to look it up yuli guriel he first kind of uh burst onto the scene i guess as as more than just this fringe guy with a stretch of six home five games with six home runs six home runs in five games since that point so not including that point, the day after that five-game stretch where he hit six home runs, to now, 
he has hit 388 with 11 home runs. That's 29 games. 388 with 11 home runs, not counting the six home runs in five games. Oh, but Scott, one of those was inside the park. Oh, excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> that doesn't count. I, I can't get him out of my lineup. And um, I know Chris would be flipping his lid right now, Chris Towers, because he doesn't believe in Yuli. But I. We'll file this under. I'll be able to analyze it after the season ends. Right now, I'm just gonna you know enjoy what? the ride. I don't think Yuli believes in Chris Towers. Yeah, no, I, I don't mm, think that he does. out there. Hey, Matt, breaking news: Matt Chapman has a five-game hitting streak, two home runs and a double in this five-game streak. Hit the 19 games before that, 0.95 batting average, nine walks, 25 strikeouts, and if you just look at this year to last year. The batted ball data is very similar. Hard hit rate, soft, medium, all that. Ground ball, fly ball. Difference, though, more pop-ups this year, fewer line drives, and that has probably contributed to a BABIP that's about 60 points lower and a batting average that's like 25 points lower. But, um, he, you know, Chapman, it's not a bad year. 255 with 27 homers. Not a lot of RBIs. 67 in 116 games. But comes into the game. He comes into today before the two-homer game. Outside the top 15 at third base, which to me says more about third base and just, you know, a lot of guys are eligible, multiple positions. You don't have to think about just third baseman. I, I've been mostly satisfied with Chapman, but I understand it's been a little frustrating for, for fantasy. Well, what's, what's weird about Chapman is for, like, you look at his batting average compared to his uh, strikeout rate and, and the home run production being good, and you're like, oh, man, he's having bad luck, but. His expected batting average is actually lower than that because he's sold out so much for fly balls and you know with a big home park that doesn't help either. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure I, I don't know I'm, I've been all over the place with my Matt Chapman takes because his performance has been all, kind of all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but and to I'm, what you guys I, said too, only 84 percent start rate on CVS uh, compared to 99 percent owned. And we look at Yuli Gurriel, about a ten, yeah. at least 10 percent more uh, starts for Yuli Gurriel right now than Matt Chapman. Uh, maybe this small stint here of picking it up over the last five games is going to be the start of something through the end of the year. But the track record as of recent has been pretty poorish. Uh, more news and notes: Robbie Ray with the Diamondbacks. He exited Wednesday due to a lower back spasm. That was from the Diamondbacks. He was lifted after one run in two innings against the Rockies. He's considered day-to-day for right now. Uh, worryometer with Robbie Ray and back spasm injuries. For me, I hear back spasm, I hear Robbie Ray, and I get like an eight. But Scott White, are you as or not as concerned about Robbie Ray and the injury? I feel like that could go so many different directions. Um, so I'll just take the middle ground of a five, like, Back spasms sometimes lead to IL stents. Sometimes they lead to nothing. John Duplantier, someone you'd be interested in to pick up if he were to get the call? I'm not sure where he is in terms of rehabbing his injury and building back up in innings. I mean, yeah, it was interesting when he was up before. What about you, the Welsh? You're the Diamondbacks fan. First of all, I'm I'm into John Duplantier. I did not know that... that, um, Robbie Ray has a history of back spasms. Is that is that a fact? No, he just has a history of not being healthy oh, and okay. also not pitching well, especially if you have something like a back spasm in control. That's what I'm worrying about. He's not going to be able to stay long into games and he's not and if this is going to affect his control at all, this could be a massive problem. John Duplantier is a I think he's a super underrated prospect. 
He was out here in the AZL about a month ago, maybe a little bit less as he was starting his rehab. I believe he's in AAA right now. I, I'd have to look here in a second to see if that's correct. But, you know, he's a solid multi-pitch, three to four pitch pitcher on command. He's a smart guy. I, I interviewed him on Prospect One before. I think uh, he's a future stud, probably a number three long term. So if he came up, he'd be something I would he would be someone I would be interested in. Four people, if you lost Robbie Ray, I don't know if he can completely fill out the stats, but the Dimebacks have done good with uh, some of their young pitchers like Alex Young and whatnot. I just, Scott, I wasn't sure if you were a DePlantier uh, fan or not. No, I, I mean, I was more two years ago when he had the lowest DRA, I think, for any minor league pitchers since the Justin Verlander season way back when. Um, and it's been, you know, his stock's kind of fallen since then. It looks like the most he's thrown since recovering from his injury is four innings. In a, in a game, and uh, they had to bump somebody, right, after adding Zach Gallen and Mike Leak to their rotation. I think it, was, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't Alex Young. It was the other guy, Clark. Oh, Taylor Clark, yeah. Yeah. So I, I would just go to him first. Yeah, and, it, and it's definitely a possibility. Uh, a couple others here. Logan Morrison, he was uh, called up by Philly. In AAA, he was hitting 308 with a 369 OBP, 640 OPS between stops with the Yankees and the Phillies. Are we taking flyers on Logan Morrison, Adam Azer? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for, like, I appreciate you giving me that layup. Makes me look like a good analyst. We are definitely not taking a, a Lomo flyer, no. I'm just checking. I've just, I just got to check the waters here. Uh, <laughs> all right, so then we can move on from that one. Avon Nova said he's been locating. Better, by the way, yes. Adam. I mean, no, you were that, so dismissive. Well, I am, and I'm still dismissive because he even said, like, it's the same pitch sequence. He basically said, yeah. like, everything's the same. He's just locating better, which to me is is just confirmation yeah. that you do not have to pay any attention to uh, to to Ivanova. I'm sure he is locating better, but he won't keep locating better. That's, that's not right. Like, exactly. Pitchers don't have their peak accuracy. Um, you know, they don't sustain it for that long. And, and when he loses it, it's going to be, it's going to get a pounding. Yeah. It's going to be awful. It's yeah. gonna it feels be very Ubaldo Jimenez like, like he's running, uh, he's running through and then it's just going to get absolutely brutal. Uh, just a couple last ones here. Brad Beacock is going to turn as a relief pitcher. Jake Arrieta season likely is over. Uh, probably going to be having elbow surgery. Zach Eflin is going to start on Saturday. Yoan Moncada, or as I say, Yal Moncada now was set to begin a rehab assignment on Wednesday. Pablo Sandoval's on the IL. Alec Dickerson is off the IL. And uh, Dickerson was hitting 382 in uh, 32 games. Pretty solid there. David Peralta did not start due to a stiff neck. Keep uh, keep that in mind there. That's a good Josh Rojas. Even though Josh Rojas actually didn't play on Wednesday, keep monitoring him. And San Francisco is considering moving their outfield walls in yeah. to make more room for the bullpen. Let's do it. I Let's like move it. it in for more homers. Whatever. Yeah, that's that's not the reason. I mean, are they going to move the giant brick wall? Because that, that, that seems, seems expensive. Yeah, they would probably just build like a a wall in front of it, right? Yeah. Well, let's not talk about building walls. Let's just give them to move the. We'll move the things in, and we'll be good to go. All right, let's go to break. I want to hit a bunch of emails. We got a bunch of good emails coming in, and then we still got hitters. We got bullpen, and there are some red hots. So let's hit that break. We'll be right back. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. 
The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Emails, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. That's where you can send some beautiful emails into us. Here we go. What do you guys think about this strategy of drafting hitters for the first 12 to 14 rounds and then drafting young starting pitchers with upside the rest of the draft? I also want to go with no closers. This will allow me to have two to three more starting pitchers than everyone else. What do you think of this strategy? This is from Greg. Scott, what do you think? Um, why don't you go to Adam? That's a terrible. I didn't follow that very well. It's I'm a sorry. terrible <laughs> strategy. All right, drafting hitters for the first 12 to 14 rounds and then drafting young starting pitchers with upside the rest of the draft. This is like a foolish thing to do. Like Chris tried this. I told him it was a bad idea two years ago, and he tried it, and it failed miserably because what you need is like most, if not all, of those guys with upside to hit. And when they don't, you're going to realize you have the worst pitching staff in your league. So this is a and terrible think about idea. this year, too, by the way. Like, that guy's like, all right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get Nick Pavetta. Then I'm going to get Jesus Lizardo, <laughs> Force Whitley, own, win, championship. Yeah. That didn't no. work out. So I mean, much, what yeah. I've said this a few times before. Like, regardless of how heavily I pursued starting pitcher, pitching in my draft, the one thing I have been consistently trying to acquire all season long is useful starting pitching. And by the way, nobody's been giving it up. It's been very difficult to do this. And because uh, everybody's in the same boat. Meanwhile, I mean, think of all the hitters who like Cattell Marte, recently Bo Bichette. Like, it's such a long list. I don't even know where to begin of hitters who we didn't have an especially high opinion of coming in. And then they've been just absolute studs. Yeah, like it's bad just, idea. Don't do it, it, Greg. That's you should take the uh, like. If anything, I might try the opposite approach. Yeah, like, nothing but pitchers for seven or eight rounds, and then I, I mean, I probably wouldn't really do that, but I think it's a more viable strategy than this. Mm. Uh, longtime listener, and I just wanted to showcase my appreciation for Adam on the baseball podcast. I'm sure Chris will do an excellent job, but he might have takes like chocolate bars taste good or. Movies well-regarded by 99% of the public are also good, and I guess I don't know how I'll get by. That being said, I look forward to listening, blah, 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 to me. We don't need to hear nice things about me. Um, and continue to hear Adam say things like, I think T-shirts are dumb I don't, on the football I don't podcast. remember saying that. T-shirts like are t-shirts? dumb? I love T-shirts. I'm wearing a T-shirt right now. It's a Lambda, what Lambda, t-shirt Lambda T-shirt. Lambda Tri-Lambs. Oh, that's pretty solid. That's a pretty good one. Was it like t-shirt giveaways are dumb? No, I don't think so. I love t-shirts. Oh, maybe you hate when they shoot the shirts into the stands. Maybe. I love when they shoot shirts into the stands. It's like the best part of the game. I do think it's a little strange how excited people get about free t-shirts. Because it's not like a great t-shirt terrible you're t-shirt. getting in a t-shirt giveaway. It's got like eight advertisements on the back. And you never really want to wear it outside of the so context. True. In which you receive it, it becomes like a nighttime shirt for you. It's about being special. You were the one. All the other people around you, you get to look at them and be like, you don't have this. I got this. You don't get this. And (laughs) then you throw it away in the garbage when you're done because it doesn't matter. Uh, That was sincerely a guy who was in 10th place in his 10-team baseball league but still truly loves listening to you guys, Wes. Very good. 
What's up, Sam, Norm, Cliff, and Woody? Oh, that's uh, Cheers. I know that one. Mm -hmm. I actually knew one. Good job. 15 yeah, look at me. 15-keeper, Dynasty, Roto. I get Blake Snell and Oscar Mercado. I give up Javier Baez. What do you think? That is from Blaine in Charlotte, North Carolina. Scott, what do you think? Give up Javier Baez for a pitcher and a young hitter. I mean, I'm at the point right now where I would, if if you can, if 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 I can make a trade that gets my hands on one of the 15 to 20 pitchers, I think has a reasonable chance of putting up ace numbers. Uh, I do it. I mean, there might be like a maybe like for a first round caliber hitter. I don't do that. I don't think Baez is a first round caliber hitter. I think he's more like a fourth round caliber hitter. Uh, so yeah, I would, I would, I would make this trade. You'd give up Javi okay. Baez for Snell and Mercado. I yeah. I, I, I mean, Mercado's just a throw in, but I I'd, I'd probably do it just for Snell. Oh, you wouldn't do it, the Welsh? No, I I mean I'm more likely than anything, especially in a dynasty. I'm going hitter over pitcher. I love Blake Snell, but Javier Baez, regardless of any downturn we want to look at him, he's not a road. I don't think he's a roto liability. You know, he's still hitting, I think, 288 right now. So I don't see him as a roto liability. I still see his production up. I'm always going to go hitter over pitcher, unless this was a points league, which he did. I mean, well, he said it's I, roto. I just feel like that used to be the standard, but like, and I, Chris Towers and I, we've been having this fight for, I think, three years now um, because I was so adamantly hitter over pitcher for you know when i first started in this industry and it worked out great but it's become like back then you could make the argument oh how much safer are hitters how much more reliable are hitters and that's still true but it's it it's become a major scarcity issue in terms of having a really good starting pitcher they're just so hard to come by when uh you know back you know back just a few years ago they weren't so much they would emerge you know, kind of the volatility kind of worked in 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 favor of pitchers as well as working against them in the early rounds. Yeah, but in a oh. in a dynasty league, are you willing to give up a good young hitter for a guy like Blake Snell, who has He's now literally been, hurt? Right yeah, now. he's now been hurt two years yeah. in a row. No, I I I am. I would I would rather have Snell too. I would do it for the record. Okay. Well, for, okay, I, for the like record. I said, not Welsh just for any hitter. Like I'm not doing this for Bregman or. You know Nolan Arenado, but for ba Baez, yeah, I think he's a lower. You know, there's there's a uh, he's at a, at a lower. Uh, what am I trying to say? He's not as good as those guys. He's <laughs> a lower tier. He's out of the yeah. tier of those type of players you're talking about. That that makes sense. And I mean, that, I th I do think that's a pretty tough one. If Blake Snell wasn't hurt, I think it makes it a little bit more difficult. But you throw in multiple years of that. You also throw in look at the volatility of pitching. And I mean, you know, if you keep a whole bunch. It's a little bit different here, but I'm going to go Baez. But we got two for the pitcher. Hey, Scam, Skrisk, Shardum, and Ghost of Keith. Uh, you got me. <laughs> Good. Okay. You guys know that Wait one? Wait a sec. Yes. Scam is, is Scott and Adam. Skris yeah. is Scott and Chris. Kratom, which you pronounce Shardum, which is very different. If you've ever seen a long came Polly. Uh, Kratom is Chris and Adam, and then the Ghost of Keith, because Heath is never on the show, and people like to call him Keith. I like that one. This is <laughs> from good. Ewan. Uh, what's going on with Aaron Judge? He's batting 273. He's got an over 400 OBP since the All-Star break with six doubles and three homers. What's his value for 2020, Adam? What's going on with Aaron Judge? He's just in a slump. He's going to come out of it. He's still hitting the ball really hard, has the highest exit velocity in baseball. Uh, he'll be fine. He, he, when he comes out of it, it will be epic. Uh, his value for 2020, to me, he's a borderline first-round pick in an OBP league. He's a second-round pick. Otherwise, I can understand downgrading him because of his injuries each of the last two years. But 
OBP, I expect to be over 400, and he should lead the league, or he should come close to leading the league in home runs, RBIs, and runs. Do you concur, Mr. Scott White? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I I will probably be, be the guy who downgrades him because of injury history and just because I don't. I, I feel like there are enough great hitters that there's no reason not to downgrade him for that. Like, you're not getting a huge advantage by taking the relative risk of judge over... I don't know, somebody like Charlie Blackman, let's say. So I probably will downgrade it based on that. But in, in terms of are the skills still there, I think they are. All right. Uh, Tom says, what should I do with Joey Lucchese? 10-team head-to-head points league wins, not quality starts. I know he's not a keeper and barely pitches to earn a win, but starting pitching is scarce on the waiver wire. Should I stay the course with uh, with Joey or roll with one of these guys? His best available are Sergio Romo, Ryan Presley, Mitch Keller, Will Harris, or Joe Kelly. So do we stick with Joey or do we go with a guy like a Mitch Mitch Keller and Sergio Romo seem like the likely options there. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I, w- I would go with, like, if we're just going starting pitcher to starting pitcher, I would take the chance on Mitch Keller over the uh, decidedly underwhelming but not terrible Joey Lucchese. And then just the, in the hope that Mitch Keller emerges as something more than that. Uh, but if I was... If I wanted to go another route, I think Presley is a good ratio option. Um, you know, Sergio Romo, if he becomes a viable save source again, then maybe he enters that discussion. But I think Presley would be my second choice after Keller. Adam, you pick up anybody not Keller here uh, no. for Lucchese or keep Lucchese? No, there's no point in owning uh, non-closers in points leagues. Romo, oh, is it a points league? Sorry. Yeah, that. it's a points league. Roto is uh, Romo, rather. Uh, he got a save two nights ago, and then tonight or or Wednesday night he struggled. I think at the eighth inning, so I don't think he's the closer there. But no, I I agree with Scott. I'd go with Keller. This last one, this is an inside job. I know who this person is. This is a ITL CBS crossover from some guy Kevin, and that's an ITL joke because we had three people email us straight in a row that were Kevin. So we're like, hey, everybody's Kevin, and now all we get is every single person emailing us say saying they are Kevin. So that's what this is. Dear former Cincinnati Reds pitcher, <laughs> Dean Wolf, and Scott with two T's. And yes, I have been confused for Chris Welsh, the Cincinnati Reds pitcher, before. I have stories about it. It's ridiculous. I look nothing like him. He's handsome and has money. Can we introduce Chris to Heath's best fantasy baseball team name, Yasmani Money Tomas Problems? I'd like to know his opinion and why does he want to get it tattooed across his <laughs> chest? What is happening here? Yeah, oh that's that's gosh. Heath's money. Uh, Heath's his team name rather in the podcast points league. Yamani money, Tomas problems. It's like more <laughs> it's money, the more worst. It's the worst. Name, like, I mean, it's the best with the worst player. It's an incredible name, but just a horrific player to pick. It's a terrible name. Yamani money, Tomas problems. It's, it's forcing awful. a name that clearly doesn't work into. I mean, it just doesn't work. It's it doesn't. Just, it, it's how so does bad. it like? Uh, I, I I gotta admit, guys, I think it's doing its job right now. You guys <laughs> are both very heated up. I think he's doing his job very very well. Um, all right, those he were is an expert troll. Yeah, he really it. is. He really is. He is. It's 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 like a inception. Yeah, yeah. He left a, he left a little something all in our brains. Uh, Heath and the ghost of Keith. All right, uh, that was good stuff there. Email in fantasybaseball at cbsi.com, and we can answer all of those fun questions. But I am not the Reds' Chris Welsh. Just remember that. Uh, a few hitters get your takes on. Luis Arias was one for two with a double, three RBIs, and a walk against Tampa Bay. Danny Santana, 
two for five with a homer, a double, three RBIs, three runs, and a strikeout at Toronto after doubling twice on Tuesday. You've got Elvis Andrus, who was four for five with two RBIs. Um, I thought this was really interesting. 91% owned, but only 76% start was on CBS. Uh, only three hits in his previous six games. You've got Yastrzemski. Oh, whoa. Yastrzemski. Yeah. That was my center hit percentage moment right there. <laughs> One for three with a homer and three RBIs against Oakland. And Renato, Renato Nunez, 61% owned, five for five on Wednesday. He had a homer on Tuesday, which makes six hits in his last two, but he's only had four total hits in the rest of August. But he's had a very, very quiet, massive power campaign. So of those hitters, Orias, Danny Santana, Andres, Yastrzemski and Nunez. Adam, where uh, where's your uh, excitement going? If there's yeah, well, excitement. I mean, I guess it'd be Santana, but you can't pick him up anymore. So in terms of the ownership and star percentage, at this point in the year, you never know how many people are starting Andrews, but their season's over and they're not checking their lineup anymore. Uh, I benched Elvis Andrews, though, in a 14-team points league. He's just not very good in points leagues. He did have a huge game today. But I benched him for Bo Bichette, which was obviously an easy call. Still use, still worth using in a Roto League because he's running. Uh, but, I, yeah, I'm intrigued by Luis Arias because the plate discipline has been so good. Before going one for two with a double and three RBIs today and a walk, he had been batting 300 in his last 14 games but with eight walks. And, like, there's not much other than the walks. It's a little bit reminiscent of Kevin Biggio. But at least there's something there for Luis Arias. So... On my radar, and again, if you lost Tatis, if you lost Jeff McNeil, especially if you're in a points league and the walks count, he might Luis Arias might not be the worst guy to look at. Scott, what do you think? Is someone would uh, someone like Andrus who did just have a nice night, but you know has been a little off and on? Would you drop him for a guy like Arias who's no, I, in a good I wouldn't situation? Do that. Here? I wouldn't do that. By the way, I'm just saying okay. it's kind of separate thoughts. Like Andrus yeah. is Andrus is on the way down a little bit. Arias is on the way up, but they haven't quite met. I'd still like Andrus better. Yeah, and you agree, Scott? Are you in that same uh, that same realm? Yeah, I mean, based on how productive Andrews was for what the first three months of the year, uh, I would I would be reluctant to drop him. I I think it is more of a sit situation, which is why you see that gap between start percentage and ownership percentage. Um, and I don't think Arias. I mean, he's getting he's gotten more hits lately. Three of them have been for extra bases. And uh, I mean, I think he still has a long way to go to being a viable option of fantasy. Not saying he can't get there. Obviously, there's good pedigree. He did some positive things in the minors, especially this year. Um, I kind of feel like Arias really needs to kick it into gear here if he's going to hold off Ty France, who's been basically Ty Cobb in terms of, you know, like batting 400 at AAA this year, but with tons of power. Um, and uh, has been playing second base all of a sudden down there. So I, I think uh, I think the Padres have uh, other guys they can explore there if Arias doesn't sustain this hot hitting. Well, and it also could be Arias going to shortstop, which he did in spring training. I was out at the camps and he was doing that. Ian Kinsler was exclusively at second. Maybe Ty, maybe they actually just want to replace the production of Arias at second and have Ty France going to second, and Arias is still a shortstop. Something just to be on the lookout for. Padres like to. Uh, mess with that stuff over to the bullpen this one is not necessarily a closer one but I want to mention it since we talked about Nathan Eovaldi potentially going back in the rotation on Wednesday he came in the sixth 
He went to and he got the win. He struck out to one hit. Workman ended up coming in the ninth, but it was not a save situation. I know we weren't excited about Nathan Eovaldi, and I don't really imagine this change necessarily too much, but it is nice to see a couple clean innings. He was able to walk away with a win, Adam, but Eovaldi is still just pure speculation or deep league stuff. He's going to join the rotation, and yeah, exactly. Speculation, deep leagues, I'm not, I'm not picking up Eovaldi anywhere. Uh, some other closers, Matt Albers, uh, he got a two-out save. Josh Hader had threw just six pitches on Tuesday. Albers went two-thirds. And he walked three and struck out none, which is awesome. He has He's the Brewers awesome. last three days. Yeah, it's For getting that. interesting, Scott. He's a 1% owned, Albers. Well, yeah. and, and Jeremy Jeffress, he also was the first to come in to replace Gio Gonzalez, which I thought was kind of interesting. I always kind of thought there would be someone yeah. he might wanna, they might want to go back on, but he was the first replacement. And this was like in the, I think it was in the third somewhere in there. So monitor that. Other notes, Sergio Romo blew a save for Minnesota. He struggled in the eighth. Archie Bradley blew a save, giving up a two-run homer to Nolan Arenado. Shout out to you, Azer. I know you need Arenado to be yes, doing some work. that was big. Was, Bauer crushed me in that league, so Arenado had, had his back. Uh, Emilio Pagan got a save at San Diego on Tuesday. Jose, Jose Alvarado, <laughs> why don't you close any games? Because he struggles in the eighth. He struggles, Scott. He's desperado. Struggles. Jose Leclerc, non-save, uh, uh, one inning, three strikeouts, four straight games without giving up a run, by the way, two saves in that time. And Scott Oberg, he did the old uh, binary code of one 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 in a tie game in the ninth <laughs> against Arizona. He had not pitched in five days, but previous, uh, he had been, uh, uh, I think, one, four earned runs, two strikeouts at San Diego. So any save uh, or closer notes that I just mentioned that you guys want to jump on? If, if we think Pagan versus Alvarado might be a committee, like I said yesterday, Alvarado's going to have to prove it, and he didn't. So Pagan right now, you know, is, is the front runner for saves. Not saying that's going to stay that way, but he's the front runner for saves for a team that's playing great. Um, yeah, Oberg, I don't think they can replace him. It's two bad outings in a row, but he's the best guy in their bullpen. And Matt Albers uh, is, I, I don't think he's that good of a pitcher, but I still kind of feel, Scott, like the Brewers want someone to be their closer and Hater, Hater. And Hater to get like an occasional save, but not necessarily. And Hater hasn't been amazing this year. He's given up a ton of homers. So Albers well, is, yeah. is I mean, mostly recently, but yeah, it's. It's uh, I, I like I, I think it's just a coincidence that they're phasing him out of the closer role while he's struggling rather than that being the impetus for it, because it's not like it's not like they have reliable choices. Otherwise, uh, Albers included. I mean, Albers is scraping the bottom of the barrel for saves. I feel like if you're taking a flyer on him and most people don't have to go quite deep, I mean, quite that deep. I, Mark Melanson with the save yesterday, I'd go for him over Albers. Would you rather sure. have? Would you rather have Joe Jimenez or Matt Albers? I'd go with Jimenez. But Jimenez you know. is like a terrible pitcher. He's been so bad this well, year. Yeah, I mean, the ERA is bad. He's been much better recently, and he's had a, has a good strikeout rate. I, there's there's really nothing I look at with Albers and say, this guy's going to be... Yeah, I know. Uh, this guy deserves to be getting safe chances. So, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely take Jimenez there. Albers, I, I think, if we're calling him the Brewers' closer which is probably premature, but if we are, he might be the very last-ranked closer mm -hmm. for me. No, 
No, because there's got to be unless you consider I mean, the I'd Orioles pick Ian Kennedy over him, unless I'd you consider think. the Orioles to not have a closer, then then you could make that case. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. They don't. Do they have... need one? Do they even need one at this <laughs> yeah. point? Can I tell you something? They are so bad that I have not like the Yankees just played them three games. The Yankees, I think, won 16 in a row this year against the Orioles. I have not been even a little bit excited to watch these Yankees games, and that's a shame. Like. These games are huge. It's August. The Orioles are so bad that I don't even want to watch the games. And what's even worse about the Orioles is that the Tigers are somehow worse than the Orioles. Like, that's amazing. People think the Orioles are the worst team in baseball. I am pretty sure it's still the Detroit Tigers. By the way, as we get out of here, Aristides Aquino hit his ninth home run. I tried to... I tried to call an over again. I did it over on ITL, and I was all happy about it. I'm like, oh, hey, look, Aristides, he's finally coming down. I was texting with my buddy James Anderson at RotoWire. I'm like, hey, look, Aristides, he's going to start failing. We're like, yeah, yeah. He's just he's he's just the best thing ever. He's just a prospect we don't know how to handle, but guess what? All he does is mash balls. He's red hot ninth home run. So keep that eye on him. Uh, find this wonderful crew on Twitter at CBS Scott White and Adam Azer. You can find me on Twitter at Is It The Welsh. That is the show. Love y'all. We are out of here. Fantasy Baseball today. We'll see you tomorrow.